Who are we gonna take, Joe? Yeah, um, that's a good question, and it's one that we're gonna have to find out right around pick 27 when that gets turned in. We'll have an idea. Wait, Taking did you guys already trade up one? I thought you were <laughs> no, 28. No. You moving no. up to 27? No, once 27 gets turned in, oh, then we'll have oh, an idea oh, who we're gonna oh, be okay. picking. You don't want to pass up a better player that you have really good grades on for a perceived need because you do that, you end up devaluing the pick. We have a lot of needs across our team. This draft stacks up to help us at any of those. How are we looking here, Joe? Should I be like at all worried about internet connections? We've done a lot of simulations already and we're gonna do some more. There's multiple platforms to make a pick. There's definitely fail safes in place and worst case scenario, everybody goes dark and Eric can pick up the phone and, and call the lead. Welcome into the lounge. We are just days away from the start of the NFL draft, and goodness gracious, it can't get here fast enough. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, it, the days always slow down when you're coming up to the draft, but at this time during the whole COVID-19 pandemic and we're locked up, time is crawling. I feel like it's been a year. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting about the drafts beyond just the draft itself is that I think that's going to be everyone's so excited about it because this is the first time that there is a sporting event yep. a sporting yep. item for people of, of like sporting everyone's watching item. old games and there's like a michael jordan documentary and that's like the most exciting things in the sports world that are happening yeah. right now finally now you have something new and it's a draft and, and obviously we're all fired up about it um and i think fans will be too just real quick before we jump into our interview i want to, want to make sure fans know about the virtual draft experience that we're doing which is a really cool a way to try to incorporate fans into everything that's happening. We're going to have, uh, it's going to be for all three days of the draft on our homepage, on our app, our social media channels. Uh, you'll be able to get a really cool look at everything that we're doing. couple things after the draft every day, we'll be streaming the press conferences um, and you'll have the, actually the opportunity to throw in some questions that could get posed uh, to our decision makers. So that's one thing that we'll be doing. And one of those decision makers, of course, is our director of player personnel, Joe Ortiz. So let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and welcome him into the podcast. Well, we are thrilled to have back Joe Ortiz. He, he promised. Joe, you promised that you'd come back and you followed through. So you're a man of your word. I'll give you that. I am. I try to be anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're only a few days away from the draft here. And I guess the standard uh, terrible yuck yuck question is, who are we going to take, Joe? Yeah, uh, that's a good <laughs> question. And it's one that we're going to... Uh, have to find out right around pick 27 when that gets turned in we'll have an idea you know um wait did you guys already trade up one i thought you were <laughs> no, 28 no. you moving no. up to 27 no once 27 gets turned in oh, then we'll have oh, an idea oh, who we're going to oh, be picking okay. i got you <laughs> so that's just so hard to predict the, the, the further you are down the draft room uh draft board the, the harder it is to predict uh who the player will be so just going to kind of wait and watch the draft unfold and hopefully a, a player that can help us get to us in the first round I feel like uh, how Eric many always go ahead, Garrett. Uh, how many guys would you say is between right now? Yeah. Like, like if you if you were making a prediction right now to say, uh, here here are the the three five. I could a hundred percent certainty say it's going to be one of these. How many guys is that? Um, you know, God, that's it's so hard because it just it depend on how the draft unfolds. If teams start taking you know, for need early uh, versus B, best player available BPA, we call it. You know. Uh, then, then it could really 
the the group of guys could grow. It could it could get to ten guys. I think ultimately you look at you say okay these when we're picking at twenty eight okay these fifteen guys are probably going to be gone and then it's going to be one of these dozen guys and you have a you know a, a likelihood a percentage of likelihood that each individual guy will get there stronger feel for one guy being there versus there's a chance this guy could be there so it depends on really how the first top of the draft unfolds but I would say there's there's probably 12 guys where you could see a scenario where okay he gets to 28 and you know there's probably 15 guys where you'd be like no I don't see it happening. You mentioned best player available and uh, our John Osberg wrote an interesting column here a little bit ago about you know after you go 14 and 2 and you have some specific needs, right? Let's just say inside linebacker, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Or right guard, right? Is this the year where you say, hey, if we can plug those holes, maybe that puts us over the top because we're already so good. It's not like we're a team that needs to rebuild, right? Yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, yes. But you also don't want to – you don't want to pass up a better player, uh, you know, especially high that you have really good grades on for a perceived need because – you do that, you end up you, you end up devaluing the pick, you know, by taking a player that truthfully doesn't belong up there with a player at a higher level on the board. So, and the good thing about us is, well, I know we have some, you know, perceived or you know immediate needs, uh, you know, but we have a lot of needs across our team. Uh, I think that that this draft stacks up to help us at any of those. So, Ian Rappaport put out a tweet earlier today, I think it was, or last week, early in the week, that he said that he thinks this draft, and talking with some people around the league, that the mock drafts are more off base than past years because maybe it's just a weird year. Obviously, it's just a weird year where there's not as much personal contact and and teams are going to having a different approach. Everyone's in the same boat. So do you see it that same way that this year's mock drafts, when you look at those that are out there, are they less accurate than you feel like you typically find in normal years? You know, I think maybe from the standpoint of, you know, especially those early picks where, Hey, you know, X team, the Bengals, you know, have been on a visit to LSU. They have brought in, you know, these three guys. And I think it's, it's easier to kind of predict a team's focus at the top of the draft. Um, and obviously not bring in players in for 30 visits that, a lot of them do get out. You know, we try our best to keep them quiet. Um, but a lot of teams of business do get out, whether it's through the player or the agent. Um, but so those aren't happening this year. So now you see, oh, well, this player did this number of interviews. Well, it's so much easier. There's no limit on interviews in terms of the number of guys you can interview. So everyone's interviewing more guys. So it becomes harder to say, hey, this is who the Texans brought in. This is who the Bucks brought in. And I think, you know, from the guys putting together mocks, maybe they're having a little bit more challenging time, but it's also most like everyone does is if you look at all the mocks, people try to marry picks of need to us and, and all the other teams. So I think it's probably need-based still. And I think the, the big thing, though, is that you, have, you haven't had workouts. You haven't had stories about guys having a phenomenal pro day. And, you know, that buzz created through the, uh, through the machine, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So everybody wants to know how this whole virtual draft thing is going to work out. Are you Mr. Tech Savvy? How are we looking here, Joe? Should I be like at all worried about internet connections? What's going well, on? Well, so we did. So before we had our meetings last week and um, Monday through Friday and or actually Saturday. And so we went through uh, my wife and I were kind of looking through our internet and 
the good thing is we were due for a new modem and um, actually the day where the, uh, the state of Maryland got locked down uh, at five o'clock that evening, um, I was actually already out of the office because my son was, uh, he was ill dealing with a fever and a cough. So we were a little, you know, concerned yeah. and being careful. Um, so he had a, he had a, we did a virtual doctor's appointment with him and then I ran over to Comcast and got a new router. Um, and the guy told me that this can handle the most, the highest capacity that we can offer the public. And so we cranked it up to, you know, a high capacity, you know, and so I feel pretty good about my internet speed, you know, but (laughs) again, it's, I may have the ability to carry a thousand and well, Eddie might have to help me out on this one, but you know, MPH is, you know, but, um, I guess it's a gig in the end, but um, Comcast doesn't necessarily allow you to do that in through cable. So I'm running at about like 300, which is the IT has told IT department has told me that's plenty enough. So I haven't had a didn't have any issues really um, during meetings last week. And we had a lot of guys on a um, couple times where the the feed would get a little bit choppy, um, and I kind of you know if it, if I felt like it was coming from me, I step out and say is anyone on the xbox or watching youtube or you know netflix (laughs) streaming something and uh but for the most part it went smooth and uh we didn't really have any problems with anyone through the uh through the week of meetings and i feel pretty good about it we've done a lot of we've done a lot of simulations already and we're going to do some more uh over the course of next week leading up to the draft so how does how does it all work can you explain to us at home like how how is the pick going to be made virtually yeah, so um, it's basically there's multiple platforms to make a pick. Um, you know, the league's going to use uh, Microsoft Teams. They're going to have a conference call if you can't get through on Teams. And worst case scenario, you pick up the phone and, and make the call if, if everything's down. So uh, there's multiple platforms to make the pick. It's basically going to work like this. Eric's going to be in the in the virtual draft room, and he's going to be running the meeting and running the discussion, and he'll tell us who we're going to pick and and Nick Maddie will turn it in and if Nick has problem I'll turn it in or Eric will turn it in so uh, we'll have we have backups so if Nick all of a sudden just blacked out because he lost power or internet and he doesn't know who we're picking then I'll do it or Eric will do it so um, there's definitely fail safes in, in place and again worst case scenario everybody goes dark and Eric can pick up the phone and, and call the league. This might be a silly question but is it is the rule once it hits the chat, basically, that's your pick. You know, if you're thinking about, like, if, it, if you type it in, if Matteo types it in and he's planning to hit send, but he doesn't get – he thinks Eric says go, but Eric says no. Right. <laughs> like, like how, does that, how does that work? What are the rules on that? Uh, so I've not been part of any calls with the league where that question has been posed. Um, I actually did talk to Nick about that yesterday and he's like, I'm going to have bad dreams about this. You know, like, <laughs> like don't hit enter until, you know, it's, until, you know, it's done. Um, now I think through the teams app, it's going to go straight to the league. It's not going to be broadcast to all the teams. So I'm sure they will, I'm hoping, and I'm sure they will, they confirm so-and-so is your pick, you know, yes, it's confirmed. Uh, so I, I think, yes, if you hit enter, it's the pick, but it's just like handing them the card behind you. Don't hand them the card until Eric says, hand them the card, you know, Mm -hmm. don't hit enter until Eric says enter. And truthfully, you know, it doesn't take long to type a name. So don't type a name until he says, turn it in, you know? And (laughs) so Joe, you mentioned about trades and it has me curious because 
I wonder because of this all being virtual, whether there, it's just going to be too hard to execute trades because we all know how this whole virtual thing works and it just gets crazy. And I imagine it's already crazy in the draft room without all this, just trying to work out trades. So do you think there will be less trades because of all of that this year? Uh, no, I don't think so because, you know, most trades are executed via the phone, if not all trades, um, very few through any other means. So um, I think people will still make the calls. Maybe they'll be a little bit more proactive and call a little bit earlier. Uh, but the biggest thing that happens once the trade offer is made or the trade discussion begins is the, in the room we're talking about different options, what we could possibly, you know, whether we like the trade or not, what we should ask for in return, you know, in addition to what they're offering. Um, so those discussions will still be had. I do think that you'll want to make decisions, you know, but this, you know, a little bit quicker. Um, but it's just, that's typically the case on all trades, even in the draft room, I, you know, the, the hardest trades to make are when you're sitting on the clock and you have five minutes left and the call comes in or four minutes left and all of a sudden the first call comes in. So whether or not it's virtual or whether you're not, you're in, in the draft room in Owings Mills, those are, those are more time sensitive, but um, you know, I think, I don't think there'll be a difference in terms of trades. I think teams will want to come up and get guys they like and, and, uh, and teams will be willing to move back. So, Joe, let's, uh, let's get into some players um, that we've spent a lot of time discussing. Let's start with the two right at the top who we probably discussed more than anybody else, and that would be the two linebackers, Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen. So are either of these guys going to be there at 28? Uh, we will have to see. You know, know. <laughs> I know where they'll both, they'll both be on the board at one. Beyond that, I can't tell you who's going to be on the board past one, you know? <laughs> Well, I don't think Joe Burrow will be on the board past one. Well, he may not be. So he may be the one name you can cross off the list. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Just on on those guys, I I am curious from a standpoint, I think that one of the things that's challenging to figure out with those those two guys in particular is they're great players, but they play a position that is not necessarily as valued as a pass rusher or as a left tackle or as a corner. Um, how do you just evaluate the linebacker position? Obviously, we've had great linebacker play in Baltimore for so many years with Ray and then CJ. Um, just how do you view that position and the importance of it in today's NFL? Oh, I think it's I think it's very important. I mean, you know, especially the way the linebackers have changed. You know, the guys are, you know, being able to cover. Um, you know, obviously, you want your inside backers to play the run, be able to come downhill. But the, the way they bought, the game has changed and developed over the years with as much as the ball's being thrown around, you definitely want guys that can offer a coverage uh, value. So, um, you know, I, I would say if you look at last year's draft, the both, both Devons went high. You know, I think the league as a whole values inside backers. And what you value is just good football players with regards to the position. You know, there was a time where a guard would never go in the first 10 picks if not the first 20 picks and now you have guards going into the top five top 10 picks all the time so um, I think the league there used to be a premium on certain positions now people are just valuing good football players that regardless of position that can help their teams win football games now th- this might sound blasphemous Joe but I couldn't help when I when I break down the tape you know because I'm a big big tape guy and by that I mean YouTube highlights right. um <laughs> Uh, but I mean, when I watched Kenneth Murray's tape, I couldn't help but think this guy lo- reminds me of Ray a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just like 
his personality, his leadership. I mean, I know it's crazy. I know it's crazy to put a guy in the Ray Lewis category when he hasn't even played an NFL down, but does he remind you of Ray at all? Uh, Ray is a Hall of Fame linebacker. (laughs) Oh boy, here we go. First first ballot Hall of Fame linebacker. I know, I know. I I don't think it's fair to, you know, compare anyone to Ray Lewis. Not with all he's given this this city and this team, (laughs) this organization. I don't, I I wouldn't want to put that on anybody. I mean, Ray is... (laughs) Ray is one of a kind and just, you know, and I didn't do Ray coming out either. So I certainly can't compare him, you know, to Ray coming out. I'll say this, Kenneth is a good football player uh, with, a, with a lot of athletic skill and, uh, and he's a good kid. So that's what I'll tell you about him. But in terms of comparing him to Ray Lewis, I can't do that. I, I, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a bar that I don't think anyone deserves to be set to, you know. Now, last year we spent a lot of time talking about wide receiver. And if you remember correctly, Joe, in this same podcast we did a little bit before the draft, we told you that you were going to draft Marquise Brown. Do you remember? I did. I, yeah, I think. But, and you wanted A.J. Brown, I think, right? We, you know? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give it to you. Marquise yeah. is a pretty excellent pick. Yeah, he's been pretty now, good. Now, A.J. Brown was pretty good, too. Yeah, you know? yeah. They both – you know what? And if you look at a lot of the wildouts, there were a lot – last year we said it. There's a lot of good wildouts in this draft, and they can be productive. And Yep. And they kind of – they held serve. So, um, this is another good wide receiver draft. So, I think and, – and, again, like the way the college game and the pro games are kind of marrying up in terms of the way the ball is getting thrown around, I think those guys, those receivers, you know, they could take and high, have a chance to come in and be good players for the teams. So, do you, do you want to hear who we like this year at wide receiver? Are you ready? Sure. All right. I'm thinking – now, not my favorite guy, but I think this could be the pick. Okay. <laughs> KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler. KJ, because here's my here's my theory, Joe. Uh-huh. More explosion, more speed. You think about two Marquises on the field? Yeah. Are you, you we talking about an undefendable offense now? <laughs> right. we, he's, fat, he's very fast. There's no doubt about that. And yeah. He can, and he can return too. That's see, that's what I'm talking about. Now, mm-hmm. Gary, tell him your guys. See, I, I kind of like we kind of like the same guy. So I can't, but I can't say that I like Garrett's pick, but. Go ahead, Garrett. Give I, 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 I've been on Jalen Rager from TCU yeah. for the past two months. I just feel like he would be a huge addition to the offense. He still has the speed. I mean, Hamler's fast, obviously, but Jalen Rager's got incredible speed. He also has returnability, threat yeah. to score every time he touches the ball. So he's going to be the pick in the second round, right? Okay. Okay. You guys are, you guys are, so we're taking Hamler at one and, uh, no, 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 Oh, um, these are our I these are you, our second round picks. Oh, oh, you didn't tell me that, Nick. You second were saying, round picks. oh, second round picks. Okay, I thought you guys were like setting us taking two wideouts in the first two. Or no, first. no, 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 no. <laughs> we we just have different guys in the second round. I got gotcha. you. Okay, both. You know, and it's funny that you both pick fast guys that can return. So, like, you know, it's kind of need based, right? You know, but uh, <laughs> but you're also thinking about our offense. That's good. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, do you do you? I know you're not going to give us the exact. Uh, type of wide receiver that you guys want but obviously you want complementary pieces and you look at what the Chiefs did with track stars out there last year how much do you feel like like speed nowadays in the NFL is just at a premium yeah well you know I think last year if you look at our draft we got faster at a lot of skill positions right Uh, miles miles uh justice justice so you know, yeah, certainly you want to make – the faster you are, the harder it is to defend, definitely. And the bigger and stronger you are, the harder it is to defend. So, like, I think if you look at our run game, 
We want to be physical. And if you look at the receivers we have, we have some fast guys, but we also have guys, again, like you got to catch the ball, right? And, uh, and guys like Marquise, he's got sticky hands. And, and uh, Miles made some big catches for us. I know he didn't get a lot of, a lot of balls, a lot of chances, but um, he made some big clutch third down catches, some touchdown grabs for us. Um, so we want guys that can obviously catch the ball. I don't think speed is a, you know, a deal breaker. I'll, you know, a guy who's not fast is a deal breaker. I said that last year. I think just the way the draft fell and the way we, our picks fell, we ended up taking guys that could run faster than some of the other guys. But you, you mentioned like A.J. Brown. Well, he wasn't as fast as Miles or Marquise, but he was a good player that we really liked because he was right. physical, tough, and he caught the football. So can we give you one more guy that we both really like? And it's, it's rare, I think, that Mink and I are on the same page. It is rare. It, it's, it's not, <laughs> it doesn't like happen it. often, but it, weirdly enough, it's happened a lot, I think, as we've just been discussing so much about this draft, is uh, on the offensive line, which I want to talk a little bit about in depth, but Robert Hunt, um, yeah. big offensive lineman. What do you think of him? And then just broadly, what are you looking for, I guess, as an offensive lineman as you try to replace Marshall? Yeah. Um, again, like Marshall's kind of one of those rare guys. So you, you, you replace the position, you don't replace the guy, yeah. um, you know, so uh, Marshall was just so good for so long. Um, tremendous player, tremendous leader, just everything about him. He, he loved him and, and he'll be missed. Um, I think the thing, you know, you want, you want guys that are, you know, have some power to their game and some toughness and some competitiveness you know, if you look at our offensive line uh, this past year, you know, like Bradley Bozeman, he didn't set the world on fire in terms of testing numbers and things like that. But he's big, smart, tough. He stays on his feet and he gets the job done. So I think that's what you want from an offensive line. We're a physical football team up front, and I think we're going to try to stay physical up front when we look at offensive linemen. You guys added two defensive linemen in free agency. Would it be crazy to say the Ravens are out of the defensive lineman game when you have so many good D linemen, even, you know, in the first round, like I, I have a feeling at pick 28, you're going to be looking at some really good defensive linemen, including oh, Auburn has a good one, Joe. <laughs> I know that you know who I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. Auburn's got a few good D linemen down there. Um, <laughs> you know, Auburn, Auburn, you know, they're, they're coming back and uh, hopefully we can keep adding players down there and get it you know, catch up to LSU and Alabama. Um, <laughs> but no, I don't think, I don't think you want to eliminate any position, especially when you talk about the fronts, you know, you control the game by being stout up front. You know, if you can rush the passer, if you can stop the run, if you can run the ball and throw the ball, you, you're giving both sides of the ball a real chance. So I don't think you ever uh, can sit there and say, ah, you know what, we, we, we did, we were aggressive. We signed Clias and, and added Derek and uh, brought back Jelly. And, you know, so, there's some depth there and there's some, uh, some new players, some new talent, but you, you never want to just say, ah, you know what we've addressed in free agency. Let's take a different position because man, you could end up looking at a really good player and walk and, and pass them. You don't want to put yourself in that situation. Mm -hmm. Speaking of a position that you don't, you don't necessarily need, uh, but you could find yourself in a best player available situation is running back. And your guy, Jeremiah, has talked about this uh, for a couple of months now, the pot, about the possibility of adding DeAndre Swift in the first round. So just broadly, what is your evaluation of DeAndre Swift and what kind of impact do you think he could make for AT? I think he'll be a good football player for whoever drafts him. He's athletic, versatile. He runs the ball very well. He's got quickness, balance, all of that, you know, speed, um, good vision. 
Um, you know, pretty, you know, not a big, huge, heavy power back, but he's got good strength. He can break tackles. He's got, you know, the balance and the base when he's running inside, certainly get to the edge. And he's, he's a really good receiver. I mean, that's one of the things he does really well is route ability in his hands. He, he catches the ball well and he can do something with it afterwards. All right, Joe, we got to talk about the background here because uh, your background. Yeah. And when we left the facility and they closed things down because of uh, COVID-19, you know, they said, take your stuff with you. They didn't say you could take both Lombardi troops. No, 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 no. Well, the great thing is nobody's in the building. So like I went in there and just, you know, snuck them out, got the key <laughs> from behind security. No, uh, these are actually um, a Christmas gift from my wife. I, I've been thinking about, and my kids, and I've been thinking about doing them for a while. Uh, I want to get some replicas made of the, of our two Super Bowls. And uh, my wife gave them to me for Christmas this year. It's a little bit of an ordeal uh, getting them done. There's, there's a few mistakes on them. Um, as a matter oh, of fact, wow. we beat the glance in Super Bowl 35. <laughs> the, glance. the glance. So we had to get it redone, but uh, happy with the end result. Uh, they look pretty good back there. And I had one up the other day during the press conference, and my wife was like, yeah, you should put the other one back there. But during our meetings, I switched our background. Um, I was telling you guys before this, I put the, uh, the draft room up. I uh, had a pit. We have a, you know, went online and found a picture of the draft room. And the picture I put up made it look like I was sitting in the front corner of the draft room. And I don't know who it was. Uh, I won't name names, uh, <laughs> but it was people concerned, you know, you know, about not being in the building and we're not allowed in the building. And certainly <laughs> I, I'm fully aware of that. Uh, but the, uh, someone saw me and they're like, Joe, what are you doing at the facility? And I'm like, uh, and, you know, I was like, oh my God, they, someone thinks I'm actually here. I'm like, well, I, I was like, well, I had to come up here and get some stuff before the meeting and I knew I wouldn't have time to get back to the, uh, to, to my desk at home. So I just decided to have the meetings from here and somebody, oh, you cannot be in there. You, what are you doing? You can't be in there. So it worked. It got me. The, the, the visual was good enough. Now I had a couple of the guys like, yeah, Right now, you'd be broadcasting from the snack closet, you know, based on where you're <laughs> But it was good. It was good enough to trick people because these boxes are, you know, on the screen are so small. So, you know, the depth perception may have been a little bit off, but uh, it worked. But it, it's, it was fun to – it's fun. Guys are dropping some different backgrounds on the, uh, on the Zoom camera. So, uh, some unique ones at times. Wait, was it Nick Matteo or Dick Cass? Um, I, again, I'm not going to know. <laughs> uh, so it, 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 just, hat, maybe. it did raise a flag, but it was quickly squashed. Eric, Eric did. Oh, guys, he's not there. He's messing around with his background. So. <laughs> All right. Well, so we, always you... like, we always like to do the game, Joe, yeah. uh, where we give you some random names. Uh -huh. You tell us who they are, what position they play. Okay. All right. So we've done this for several years. We never tell you the names in advance. Um, so let's start with this one. Blake Ferguson. Blake Ferguson. He's a long snapper from LSU. <laughs> a long snapper. Yeah. How do you know a long snapper? Well, like I mean, I, so, all right. So like it, it, long snappers, just, you know, you kind of identify who the guys are with NFL talent. There's not a lot of them every year. Um, but you know, Blake, he certainly, he went to the combine and he was at the senior bowl, I believe. So like, you know, he, he's one of the good ones, you know, out there. 
Right. Um, national champion. So, Come on, Gary. Yeah. You know, and the other thing is, long snapper. Yeah, yeah, but I do go into LSU. So I, I'm going to know who all the prospects are at LSU. <laughs> Side note, you've never drafted a guy from LSU. Never. Is that, is that because you hate LSU? It's not because I hate LSU. <laughs> it's not. And, you know, it's funny because um, I'll share this story. I, I'm close with uh, their trainer down there, Jack Marucci, who also owns Marucci Bats, right? And, uh, and so, or uh, he's the founder of Marucci Back Company, I should say. And um, so we always talk about baseball when I go in there and we have great conversations about his company and we, he's great on all the players, but I'm in there one year in August and he's, and he looks and he's like, why do you even come? Here? Like, you, <laughs> you never draft any of our players. You come in here and tell me how much you love all our guys and you never draft any of our players. I'm like, Jack, you know, it just, it doesn't fall that way for us, you know? And so Joe Douglas was there with me and Joe at the time he had just started working for the Eagles. So he looks over to Joe. He's like, yeah, you guys got five of our guys on your team. And Jody's like, yeah, we got five of your guys on five of your guys on our team. And Joe's sitting there, you know, ah, you know, and he's like just needling me. And I looked at him I'm like, dude, you, you, you're why part of the reason we haven't drafted LSU players. You haven't drafted any of them. You have more to do with, do with <laughs> us not drafting them than the you, – you just got to fill it. You can't take credit for the Eagles, guys. <laughs> and he was having such a fun time needling me about it because he knows, you know, I, I, there, I, there are years where I fall in love with an LSU player and we just can't get them in the right spot, you know, for us to take them. But, you know, some years I'm right, some years I'm wrong, but it doesn't, you know. We, we're going to get one eventually. I don't know what year it'll be, but eventually we'll get an LSU player. Well, well you know who realizes the fact that you never drafted an LSU player? You may have seen this at the Combine is Patrick Queen. Well, it's funny because a lot of the guys from LSU I talk to, they're like, yeah, you guys have never drafted. It's kind of become like a running joke. Like, like <laughs> if I come into the school and I see Jack or any of our scouts, like Jack will talk to us and I'll be in the trainer room and he'll introduce me to a player and be like, yeah, you know, he likes you, but don't worry. They're not taking you. <laughs> so, like, the kids know, like, oh, the Ravens, they never, you know, and they got, and all schools have the helmets, the pro helmets, or some type of display with all the players that have been drafted uh, by each team. And there's ours with, like, none, you know, and, you know, a couple of Terrence McGee, a free agent, you know, and a couple of guys that played for us, but there's no draft picks on there. So, right. Uh, yeah. So they know, they look up there and, like, man, you know, they see it too. So someday we'll get one. Yeah, maybe this year. All right, quick couple other quick guys on this list. Cordell Awagwu. Cordell Awagwu. Are you saying it the right way? I have no, no idea if I'm not. saying it correctly. Awag no. <laughs> no. Awagwu. Awagwu. I W U A G W U. I oh okay okay he's the guard from Texas uh, Texas Christian. <laughs> wow. How do you say it? I, oh, I, that's a hard one. A wa, a wa, a wagu. Yeah. Well, that's right. what I said. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you kind of like draw it out. So I'm trying to hear it, but yeah, he's a, he's a big, big guard from uh Texas Christian. All right. One last one. All right. Kendall Vildor. Corner from uh, Georgia Southern. I try to go, I try to go obscure position long snapper i try to go yeah. the guy with the crazy name and then yeah. i try to go the guy from the small school nail them all without any hesitation right well it's funny like it's, it's there are a couple guys like that's what Owagu, like there's a couple guys out there with different names and like we'll be in the meetings and like you will have to get to the area scout how do you say this name like 
you know, it's because you want to get it right. You want to say it right. And for the last, the longest time, um, last year, uh, Arthago Whiteside, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Arthago, like we were calling him Arcego Whiteside in the draft room. And like, all right, this guy or Arcego Whiteside. And we kept saying it. And then we're like, the week of the draft, it's, it's actually pronounced Arthega. And it's like, wait a minute, how is that Arthega? Like, we, you know, yeah. we didn't understand, you know. And so, and David uh, Blackburn's like, well, the C's got that little thing over it. It's pronounced the, <laughs> you know, okay. You know, so, uh, so we learned late, but we got it. We got it. We knew before the draft, you know. So uh, pronunciation is important, you know, and especially if we're going to get up there and talk about guys if we select them. So. <laughs> So Joe, I, I just want to know before we uh, let you go here, how are you? How are you feeling? Like at this point, a few days before the draft, are you just a nervous wreck? What do you like at home? I mean, you got a bunch of young kids. You got to kind of keep it together. I feel like you know, like what? What's your? What are your nerves like? Um, you know, we it, we've tried to keep it number one. All right, number one. I, I I'll acknowledge my wife here. All right, so this is a unique. <laughs> This is certainly different, right, and unique yeah. uh, for all of us and for the, the world and in this country. And we're all operating under different circumstances than we're used to operating. Um, and it's difficult for my wife. She's raising four boys. She's educating four boys. She's taking them through schoolwork. I know, by the way, she's got to keep them quiet from fighting and playing games and getting on the Internet when I'm doing stuff. So it can get a little bit challenging. And so uh, this, she's more stressed than I am because <laughs> what I'm trying to do and what she's trying to allow me to do is keep my world and our world in, in the personnel and the co- with the coaches. We're all trying to keep our world as similar as possible, you know, while doing it through the Internet. So um, got the film set up. You know, the video guys have done an awesome job uh, getting us all prepped, knowing it, kind of anticipating this. And then uh, – and then we got a bunch of guys working behind the scenes that probably don't get enough recognition over, the, over you know, on draft day. But, you know, David McDonald, uh, Corey Crawwick, uh, Mark Acevedo, Steve Claggett, Nick Matteo, uh, George, uh, they all have done a lot of, like, prep work and, and scenarios and, you know, things to help us go through things. So, um, you know, to be ready for the draft and to have a – flow as smoothly as possible so a lot of guys Billy Jay uh, Nick Fusi they're all doing a lot of work for us and uh and it's been awesome and, and it's been very helpful awesome nice yeah. well thank you so much Joe we really appreciate the time man yeah I saw somebody ask the question I don't know who it was about what are we gonna do without Corey's handwriting oh yeah, yeah 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 so what's I, Corey know, gonna do I you know Corey's gonna be working uh trade analytics and other things but we're going to miss his handwriting, you know, but what we're going to do is when we get back in the building after the draft, he's going to have to write up all those picks once we get in there. <laughs> he, you know, he, he's still, he's not, he's still going to have to do it. It's just not going to be live when it's happening. <laughs> nice. Nice. Good to know that everybody still has a job when we get back. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Joe. All right, guys. All right. Thanks, man. Yep. Awesome stuff from Joe as always. Uh, Garrett, do you have any more confidence in your mock draft pick? I, well, I've, I have a hundred percent confidence as always. So it's, yeah, I, right. I, I had that already. So now <laughs> just hearing from Joe, I guess, I mean, maybe it solidified some things, but it doesn't yeah. mean that it's any higher. I already felt great about this. Is the, season, the real question is, is the season when you try to get in my head, that's what you do you feel right any now. worse about your mock draft. <laughs> Cause that is really what's more likely to have happened. 
Well, mine's still not finalized. So, so, you know, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) This is, this is your game. You try to get, I told you who my pick was and we shot a video in which I said my pick, but we all know the pick is an official until I put it in our written (laughs) 10 round mock. That's the official. So I did one on video. We'll see if I stick with that. And you, oh, terrible pick. Definitely not going to be a pick. Awful. Just not even a good player. But you try to get in my head. And the saddest part is it's successful. Well, here, here's what's going to happen is you're going to do – you picked one player for that video who I'll just say was AJ Epinesa. Yes. Then you're going to pick gonna another player on the podcast. It. Then you're going to pick another player in the written mock draft, oh. and you're going to claim all three. Sure, yeah. That's what's going to happen. And okay. then, and then in, the po- in the podcast is Zach Bond. In the podcast <laughs> – no, no, sorry. In the podcast is Kenneth Murray. Podcast is Kenneth Murray. He slips. Dream scenario comes true. Get Kenneth Murray. And then maybe in my written, I'll go Zach Bond. Yeah, it's because you're not a man of integrity and you have no confidence and you don't know what you're doing. So you just throw out a bunch of names. That's the reason. That's the reason. So that again. our next, that to my face. <laughs> hey, our next, our next podcast is going to be the full seven round mock draft, and that's coming out on Wednesday. So we want to hear from you guys. Let us know who you think we're going to draft. Send in your seven round mocks. Send in your one round mocks. Whatever you want. Uh, go ahead and send it to us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. All right, one quick thing before we wrap up. We obviously have the virtual draft experience coming up later this week. It's going to be a really cool three days that we have on our app, our website, our social media channels. I mentioned it up at the top, but it's just going to be a really cool way for fans to engage with all of the things that are happening around the draft. Um, Also, we want you to know that Ram is the sponsor of that. And if you've been reading scouting reports, you know that Ram trucks are Motor Trend's back-to-back truck of the year. Ram 1500 is the top Pick with an available Hemi V8 engine, e-torque hybrid technology, and a 12-inch touchscreen. Plus, it offers a truckload of available features. Same with a hardworking Ram 3500 Heavy Duty. For generous cash allowances and great lease offers, go to ram.com and find your local Ram dealer and take advantage of great deals going on right now on Ram trucks. The back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. So that's it for us. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you guys in a couple of days. 